Today we're going to talk about something very, very uh, sacred, uh, something we all need to, um, to know in order to live with greater purpose and greater freedom, and that is the power of God's Word. Um, how many of you, uh, you've, you've owned a, you own a car, okay? Uh, how many of you um, take your owner's manual out quite often and just read it cover to cover, Okay. <laughs> How many of you are like me and you would, first of all, have to see if it's in there, okay? Um, Listen, that owner's manual was put together, why? So that we could understand how that vehicle is supposed to operate. Um, A lot of times, if we really are honest, we don't go to the owner's manual until we can't figure something out or we're just frustrated or, you know, somebody else isn't doing this or that. Oftentimes, that's the same way we treat the Word of God. We don't go to it until we're like, hey, you know what? I can't find these answers and this piece anywhere else, so I guess I'll go look in the Bible. And listen, God gave each of us this owner's manual, and it is something that I think as this this message unfolds, you're going to be like, man, you know what? I thought this message was just going to be like just draggy. Uh, you know, how is this going to encourage my life? I already understand that, that God's Word is, is powerful. No, today, I believe you will leave away saying, no, it's even more powerful than I thought, and I want to read it. I want to get into it. Today, I'm going to talk with you about um, some things that you should know when it comes to uh, the power of God's Word. I'm going to sh- not share with you everything there is to know, but I'm going to share with you seven key things that I believe you should know. I want to start, first of all, open up with prayer, if you'll bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, open our ears that we might hear what you want us to hear, open our eyes that we might see what you want us to see, and open our hearts that we might receive and embrace and believe whatever it is that you want us to uh, receive. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. I want to start out with the biggest thing that brings power to God's Word, and that's this. Number one, God's Word is God speaking. In fact, you might want to make that even more personal if you're just going to look back at this outline. It is God speaking to me. Listen, a lot lot of times we think about Scripture that we want to missile at other people instead of saying, hey, I want to first let it get into me and then pour out of me. Listen, every Scripture allows us to hear God's voice and to hear God's heart for us. Every scripture is God speaking to us. And listen, it's meant to be heard. It's meant to be digested. It's meant to be believed and then put into practice. Um, I've said this before, but, but um, there's a reason why churches are full of people who may have um, knowledge of God's word, but they only have information. You don't see any transformation. The reason why is because in the head, it's just information. But when it transitions from your head to your heart, it becomes transformation. And so, you know, the Bible, it can't make a change when you don't embrace the change. I want you to understand this. The Bible is not just another self-help book. Um, how many of you like to read? Okay, that's good. That, that's, that's not a bad thing at all. But, but make sure you don't think that, that any great book that you might read can even compete with the greatness of a book that has been God-authored. Okay, maybe you write that down. This, the, the Bible is God-authored. There is no other, there is no other um, uh, book like this book. It, all of it is God-breathed. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says all Scripture is God-breathed. Um, uh, other translations say inspired by God. Uh, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, 
correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Listen, you cannot do the good works God has planned for you without reading and knowing your owner's manual. How can you know? Listen, how can you know what to do, but also guess what, what, what the Bible also does? It, it not only gives you information, it gives you confirmation. So the reason I use a lot of scripture um, when, when I'm trying to teach to you is because I want you to not hear, um, hey, this was the pastor's opinion. No, here is God's truth on that subject, that issue, that situation, whatever it might be. I want you to write this down. The primary way that God speaks to us is through his word. There's a lot of ways God speaks to us, but the number one way he speaks still is through his word. And, and w- listen, it's, it's crazy. We have the word and... You know, we've got the owner's manual, yet we still want to look elsewhere for answers. We still find ourselves going, well, hey, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check here. I'm going to check there. Listen, sometimes the answer's right in front of you. Listen, every time you read or you hear someone read God's word, you are literally hearing God's voice. When you leave away from here today, whether you read another scripture, you're able to say, well, hey, God spoke to me today. God spoke to me today because God's voice is coming through God's word. Listen, when we refer, refer to God's word as the holy scriptures, it is because the author of this book is the one and only perfect and holy God. The Bible is not just information. I want you to write this down. It is divine revelation. The Bible's not just information. It is divine revelation given to us by God. And, and, and when we believe it and put it into practice, it changes our lives and it changes the lives of those around us. And guess what? Here's what's cool about God's book. Just like God is eternal, his word is eternal. It is both uh, life-changing in this life and in the life to come. It's both relevant in this, this uh, life and in the life to come. But secondly, God's word is absolute, timeless truth. God's word is absolute timeless truth. I want you to get all those words down on there because they all are significant. Meaning this, you can always bank on the truth of scripture. It is not relative truth. Most of society, if you want to know what's breaking down society, the reason why we we can't agree is because we don't have anything um, like the word of God being the authority. Okay. See, when the word of God dictates the truth, then we all rally around it. It's like in, in, in church. Okay. We want to be a Bible-based church. So we all, we're all united in Christ, but we're also, we get on the same page through his word. We're not all coming in here saying, well, hey, here's the scriptures I wrote this week. You need to know that most truth in society is relative truth. The best way I can explain this is this. People like the truth to suit their preferences. People like the truth. To, so, so people like to take one scripture or some idea out of God's word and, and go, well, I think God means this now. When they don't understand that, listen, regardless of how things change, words change, approaches change. Uh, by the way, I mean, just like our church, for instance, we, we make no uh, hidden, hidden secret about the fact that we want to change the way people think about church. Okay, We think the average church is not operating in such a way that really connects. It doesn't mean they don't have good people. It doesn't mean that they don't have good scripture. It doesn't mean they have, that they don't have genuine hearts. But I believe this, that most churches aren't realizing that 75% of the population is not going to church anywhere. And if you don't start caring about it, who will? Okay? I'm not, we, listen, we're just as focused here about who we're reaching, not just who we're keeping. 
And, and, and so, you know, with God's word, we want to stand on that, on that word. We don't, we don't want to water down the word. We may have new approaches, but we have old truth, okay? We're, not, we're a new church with old school values. Most people, they go, well, hey, you know what? I think that this rule or that rule, it no longer applies. Why? Because this is 2021. I want you to hear this. Whether it's 1901, 2021, or we go ahead forward to 2041, God's word is always true. It is always right. It is always relevant to our lives. It is, it is timeless. I want you to write that down. It's timeless. The truth never changes because God never changes. Therefore, God's word never changes. Look at Psalm 119, 160. It says, the entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. Proverbs 35 says, every word of God proves true. Um, uh, maybe in your life, you had some people that have invested in your life spiritually, or you, you heard from other pastors or this or that. And, and, and listen, sometimes we hear stuff, and again, it just comes in our hearts as information. And later in life, we realize that it was meant for transformation. It, it was going to help our marriage. It was going to help our, our, our parenting. It was going to help um, us deal with the adversity of life. Um, and we go, well, you know what? That's no longer a word that I heard. That's a word that, that's proven to be true, that, hey, there's no other peace than in Jesus, stuff like that. But number three, God's word, it is full of eternal promises. This is one of my favorites, is that God's word is full of eternal promises. A lot of times when people hear that, well, the preacher said today he's going to preach about the Bible, they're like, my God, please get me out of here. This is as boring as it gets. And that's what people can think. But listen, a lot of times people think this. They think this is just a knife that just cuts you down and says, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. This is not a book of bondage, this is a book of promises. The Bible is not just a book of stories and commandments. The Bible is full of God's great promises for those who choose to trust Him with their heart, soul, and mind. You've got to understand that God, listen, even the things that God says, well, hey, I don't want you to do that. You know why I didn't want you to do that? Because those things that, that, that um, the devil wants you to do can steal from you what God has for you. So when you, when you choose to just go with that one thing that you knew was not the right thing to do, and yet you did it anyway, or you knew it was the right thing, you didn't do it, Listen, that one thing is, all, is the only one that sometimes the enemy uses. Sometimes the enemy is pretty, pretty predictable. He just keeps going through the same window you leave open. Okay? Happens to me all the time. Listen, when God promises you something, I want you to write this down. When God promises you something, you can bank on it. You can bank on it. So if the Bible's God breathed, and if it's full of promises from God, those promises, because they are backed by God's character, they will... Be upheld. Look at Psalm 1830. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. Listen, throughout scripture, you can write this down. There are thousands, several thousand promises that God has made to mankind in scripture. Listen, as blood-bought children of God, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone, we're able to claim and trust all the promises that we find in God's word. Look at 2 Corinthians 1.20. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory 
of God. Listen, every scriptural truth and promise from God is backed and stamped with approval by the character of God. And so you say, well, what does that mean? It says, hey, if you realize and, and, and that, that this is God's word, you go, um, God said it, I believe it, that settles it, okay? Um, when I look for my approval, okay? Listen, I, I, just like anybody, I would love for everybody to like me, okay? But I have a long list of people who don't, okay? Um, you know how you have like those lists, you go, okay, well, I know this one thinks I'm crazy. I think this one thinks I'm crazy. Um, you, know, you know how that goes, just in your head. You just ghosts get all up in your head. Um, I'm so thankful I can go back to this word and I am who he says I am. And, and, and all that matters is the one that's going to give me my report card at the end of the day and at the end of my life, which is God. So I hear his word. I believe this is his word. And if you believe this is more than just a good book and you believe this is God's book, you'll pick it up more. And if you start believing what I'm telling you, which is this is the number one way that God speaks, you'll quit looking in the clouds for answers and you'll open up your word and you'll start looking. Psalm 138 verse 2 says this, I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness, for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. Listen, God's promises don't just hold value in this life, but they hold value for all of eternity. Look at Psalm 145 13. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. And again, by, if not for grace, where would any of us be? You know, you, you don't want to lose sight of that. You can have faith and you can try all your, your hardest. But I don't know about you, no matter how hard I try, I still fall short. And I need that grace. Listen, there are so many promises of God that we need to know and we need to remember. I'll give you some you can just write down. I mean, just stuff to think about. And that's, um, you know, God promises, I will always be with you. That's a promise. God promises that, that whatever you're going through, he's going to strengthen you. He's going to help you. God promises this, that um, no matter what sin you've done or, 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 or taking place in your life, he says, I will... Um, forgive you, I will throw your sin as far as the east is from the west. That's if you genuinely confess um, in your heart that you sin. Listen, promises like this, if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life and you believe in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection uh, for, for your salvation, the Bible says you will be saved. I want you to hear this. Salvation, for instance, only the Word gets to confirm this type of stuff, and that's this. Salvation is not a result of the good things you've done. Salvation is not about who you are. It's about whose you are and who he is and what he's done. You see, there's a reason the Apostle Paul, he's like, listen, you need to remember that um, it's by grace through faith in Christ alone that you're saved so that no man can boast. Well, you say, well, how does that, how does that one promise help? Well, anytime I'm doubting my salvation... When I'm doubting my salvation and all of a sudden um, Scripture comes to my mind that, that um, confirms something, such as um, 1 John 5.13. 1 John 5.13, write that down. 1 John 5.13 says, I write these things to you who believe on the name of the Son of God so that you might know that you have eternal life. I, I remember when I gave my life to Christ, even as a pastor's son, I kept asking, am I really saved? You know, I, I'm sure I gave my life to Christ about 55 times before I was even 13, okay? So, um, you know, maybe I was able to outdo you. You know, maybe you did 50. But you know why that happens? Because you, you sit there and you want to think that God's goodness is based on, on, on how good you feel 
or, or that God's salvation is reflective of, okay, are you perfect? Well, if it's a matter of perfect, we're all doomed for hell. It's by grace. Through faith. And so you got to know these promises. You know, for instance, this Romans 8 28, you hear it all the time that, that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them. God has a purpose for the storm, and God is still accomplishing a purpose in the storm. And sometimes we lose sight of that. We're like, okay, well, right now God's not doing anything in my life. He's probably doing more because you're in the workshop. You know, it's the times where you feel like you're just waiting. God is restoring. He's restoring. He's like, listen, you needed, to, you, you needed me to do a work on you and in you so that then a work could be done through you. I want you to see number four. God's word is soul food. How many of you like soul food? If you don't like soul food, then you probably can't stay in South Carolina long. There's got to be something on the list. So on the count of three, I want you to name out your... Favorite soul food. One, two, three. Lord Jesus, somebody done mentioning collard greens over there. I'm going to ask my mother-in-law, father, could y'all fix some collards? And um, what else do we name? Fried over Lord. And, then, and let's get some of them hopping John and all that going. Just get it all. Uh, by the way, my mother-in-law had a birthday yesterday, so y'all make sure y'all um, treat her nice today. Don't be so mean to her brother Ronald today. Um, God's Word is food for the soul. You can write this down underneath it. God's Word is medicine. It's medicine. Listen, when you're discouraged, you need a good Word. You can find it in God's Word. When you need direction and hope, and you can't find it anywhere else, God will show you the next right step. Sometimes He says, hey, be still and know that I'm God, though. He's like, listen, you're doing everything you can. You just need to be reminded of that. When you need to be reminded of God's goodness and greatness, God's word, listen, it can nourish your soul. I want you to hear something. You can write this down. Most, not all, but most um, professing Christians are spiritually malnourished. They're spiritually malnourished, and they act like it. Because the word of God, just like prayer is critical, the Word of God is critical. I have been spiritually malnourished before as a pastor. Because, see, if all I'm doing is getting um, information so that I can give you information versus, God, what do you want to say to me right now? What are you, what, what, how are you wanting to speak into my life? What passage can I read? Um, God's Word nourishes your soul. If you want to come back to life in Christ, set a goal each day to at least read a scripture or a chapter, um, uh, you know, found in God's Word. You can start writing a psalm. I always say, say that's just a great place to start. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus says this. The Scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Listen, just like we need to eat healthy food, uh, even though McDonald's will not put that on the dollar menu, we have to eat certain food to, to stay physically nourished, we need to swallow God's word to stay spiritually nourished. Job, Job 23, 12. Look at what Job said, even in the midst of all the craziness and crisis that he dealt with. He said, I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than daily food. Um, when I was a uh, student pastor years ago, um, uh, a scripture that I'm getting ready to read to you in a moment um, prompted me to, um, I got all the teenagers to name their Bible. 
their favorite food. At that given time, I called mine watermelon, okay? I don't know what I would call it today, but here's where I got that from. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. By the way, if you call yourself a child of God, why would you not want to go directly to the Word of God? Because that's who it's written for, okay? There's not, listen, there's a lot that, that someone could get um, even not being a believer from the Word, but, but it, you really, nothing's activated until a person gives their heart and life to Christ. You know, what good are promises that you haven't claimed because you aren't a child of God in Christ? Psalm 19.7, you can just look back at this later, just reference it, write it down. Psalm 19.7 says, The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. I'm reading that out of the New Living Translation. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. Again, that's Psalm 19.7. Fifthly, God's Word is guiding light. God's Word is guiding light. Psalm 119, verse 98 says, Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Listen, you're always letting one or two sources lead you, your gut or your guide. The voices are the voice. Verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet, a light for my path. Verse 130 says, The teaching of your word gives light, so even the simple can understand. Listen, God's word sheds light. It gives direction towards living a life worth living. Um, oftentimes, uh, in the 28 years that I've been in ministry, um, I don't just get frustrated. I don't just get discouraged. I, I have had many, 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 many a time that I just, you feel completely inadequate. You feel like you don't know enough. You're not strong enough. You, 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 you know, you don't have the magic answers. And God has taught me over time. He's still teaching me, hey, step by step. I didn't say you were God. Okay? Sometimes you have to remember that. You're just a vessel. You're a child of God. You're not God. You don't know everything God knows. Um, and so we try to lean in to everything that God knows in the midst of what we don't know. And we ask God to shed light on the darkness. And by the way, you don't have to know everything. If you, if you, you know, maybe it's not meant for you to know. You ever, you ever realize that it was best God didn't tell you how certain things were going to go because you'd have never signed up? You know, my first would have been, I'd have been like, listen, I'm definitely going to be a pastor, God, because I had no idea. what. It, it, that's the case for a lot of things, you know? If, 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 if you knew everything, and, and listen, God knows what you can handle. And uh, you, you can't always um, see things in full view, but God always sees things in full view. And you have to trust that. You've got to walk in that. You've got to say, God, shed some light in my darkness right now. Shed some light. Um, by the way, whenever I'm reading my Bible... I always like to have a highlighter because I believe that there's always something God's saying, listen, you need to highlight that. And, and you may go back and read that m multiple times. But number six, God's word is alive and powerful. God's word is alive and is powerful. The word of God, since it's not just words written by man, but it is written by a living God, it is alive and powerful. Now, some people may hear something and they feel guilty. But the Word of God brings conviction. There's a difference. Conviction is God seeking to change your heart, your mindset, maybe your direction in life. Uh, maybe your resolve over something like, hey, you really, really, really need to do this. Uh, the, the Word of God, it can comfort the heaviest heart. 
it can set free the greatest captive. God's word, by the way, can go where you and I can't. By the way, I mean, you know, we, we used to prior to COVID. We weren't always online or on cable or whatever. And sometimes y'all hear me do it. I'm just speaking straight into that camera because I know multiple people that just watch us online or just listen to us on television. And I want them to understand too that God's word is able to go even if I can't get to them. Even if for some reason they can't get to us or don't feel led to come to us. Uh, by the way, we've been finding more and more people um, that are coming to us um, driving 45 minutes or longer. And that's, you know, um, I asked one, one gentleman just this morning who I had no idea was coming from the other side of Orangeburg. And just in general, I said, I said what, um, what, what compels you? He said, well, just, just, just the word. I mean, I can't tell you what that means to me because, uh, listen, it's my heart's desire that every time you ever hear me preach that you don't go, well, hey, you know what, that, that, that dude just shared this or that. I want you to feel that God's pipelining through me. I spend countless hours preparing any message you've ever heard until I get Craig out the way and God has center stage, okay? Um, sometimes I could, I could have a stack of... of um, uh, sermon material that, that thick, all that I throw out. Brother Trey will tell you, I'm always saying, Brother, I'm sorry this is taking this long or that's taking that long. I got to get, let, I want to teach you a little trick. You got to eliminate what's not God so that you can find what is God. You, 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 if you'll just take, uh, uh, go ahead and eliminate what doesn't even need to be in the conversation you can get focused in a little bit more. And so that's, that's what I'm used to trying to do. I try to center in on the power of God and the Word of God and how could He work because I know the power of the, the Word is alive. You know, I've, I've said this to you before that I, um, uh, you know, I've never forgotten someone that came up to me. Uh, I was working at a Christian camp at, at, at this given time and I was weed eating. And evidently at that time, I did not have a lot of weed eating experience. So I was like... I was like weaving. I look like a robot. All, I mean, I'm all over the place. You know, I'm cutting people. And, um, and, and a, a guy, he had enough guts and courage to say to me, he said, listen, um, um, uh, Craig, you don't need to do the cut and let the weed either cut it. Okay? Ever since, that's hit me. Listen, I don't need to make the word powerful. It is powerful. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Listen, you know why you should feel like God's personally speaking to you when you hear the word of God? Because he is. He is. Isaiah 55.10-11 says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. By the way, you know, whether it's our children, whether it's our friends or others, uh, it is not our job to make anybody receive anything. It is our job to be a vessel that God pours through, okay? Everybody has to, um, uh, the word can go to someone and it not take root because that person has not yet believed in it or received it. They're rejecting it, and that happens, you know? And, and so don't get discouraged, you know? Don't, don't, don't quit sharing your faith with somebody. I think we need more and more people sharing their testimonies. I think you need, here's a, here's a good testimony. Hey, I was broke. Hey, I was stupid. 
Hey, I was hopeless. Hey, this fell apart, that fell apart. That's what people connect with. See, listen, if you can't identify with people's brokenness, nobody can identify with you. I mean, it, it, it's, I'm telling you, brokenness brings out. That's why a lot of times, I, one of these days, if I'm a real comedian, because all of y'all know I would like to be one, I'm going to make, I'm going to be so good that I'm going to be able to make y'all laugh with me. Right now, unfortunately, I have to do everything at the expense of me where people are laughing at me instead of with me. Um, but, but I want you to hear this. You, 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 you've, you've got to just let the word speak. Don't believe that when you post a scripture or you quote a scripture or you share something with one of your children that it, it is, it's of no value. It might not take, why does the Bible say train up a child on the way they should go? And when they're older, they won't depart from it. And a lady asked me one time before, she's like, how old? Because she's like, listen, my child's in their 40s. I said, well, it didn't put an age on it. It just keeps going. Um, but it's truth. It's truth that, um, that you, you know, I mean, I, I don't have to preach at my boys. I don't have to tell them every single thing all the time. Uh, they've already heard the sermon and they've been given the invitation. I have to leave it in God's hands just like you do. But I, but I believe this. I, they can run, but they can't hide. Now, they don't realize that. They can run, but they can't hide because, listen, the Word of God will run you down. Okay? It'll get up, all up in your business. And, uh, and I don't even know why I was all, all on that rat race right there. We'll go to this last thing. Number seven, God's Word is life-changing. God's Word is life-changing. There would be no one in here saved if you didn't hear the Word of God. The Word of God is what led you to the opportunity to be saved because you have to hear the gospel. And by the way, that's why we have to share the gospel. The Bible says, how can they know if no one preaches to them? You're oftentimes going to be the main Jesus somebody sees. They're not going to come in here. They're not going to come in here. God uses his word, listen, to share with us the gospel. God uses his word to spiritually awaken us. God uses his word to birth and compel our faith. Romans 10, 17. It says, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. John 6, 63, Jesus says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. By the way, the, the, the truth can't take flight without the spirit. Okay, now you can have the spirit and not have the truth, but, uh, and, and it not be working right, but, but you've got to have the spirit. And what I mean by that is the Holy Spirit uh, living within you. The Holy Spirit is what convicts a man or a woman. The Holy Spirit is what leads someone. You can't, you know why our vision here is that we exist to love, lift, and lead people to Jesus? Because all you can do is lead people. You can't make anybody do anything. We point them the direction uh, they should go. We try to point them uh, to life. But you need to know that every word that God gives you in Scripture is words of life. It is to lead you to a better life. It is to give your life a solid foundation. In fact, the Bible says this, if you don't build on the solid foundation of God's word, you're in for a rude awakening. Sadly, the majority of people that I see at church, they don't come to me until everything has seemingly fallen apart. And I'm trying to let you understand, regardless of what has fallen apart, you can build a solid foundation that will, that will keep you on a firm foundation the rest of your life from this point forward. Look at Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation 
on the rock. See, when God doesn't change and his word doesn't change and you're standing on God and you're standing in his word, regardless of how much life changes, you're ready. You're firm. But listen, verse 26 says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. In fact, Jesus makes it clear that anything or anyone else that we, we build our lives upon, it is going to lead not to the American dream, but to the American nightmare. By the way, the American dream, as it's perceived by most, leads to a nightmare. It leads to, to disappointment. Something just came to my mind that, that one time I was dealing with, with one of my brothers, um, and, uh, and that was this, about this foundation and stuff. And, and uh, this was back at my previous church uh, when, I, when I started it. And um, my brother and I, we were, it was like 7 in the morning. We're getting everything ready out of my dad's horse pen before we go and um, uh, work with my dad's tree business at the time. And um, I was asking my brother how his marriage was going. And he was like, oh, man. He, 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 I said, he said, he said it it's going great. He said, we got love. Um, well, he kept rejecting my invites to church. And so one day when he said that, when he said, oh, we got love, I said, well, you ain't been married long. I said, um, I said here's my card. Call me when love's not enough. Call me when love's not enough. And by the way, he called me a year later after he found out that his wife had been cheating on him for six months. So sometimes, sometimes we need to hear the voice in time. Because, listen, it, 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 calamity can be right on the other side. Anytime you try to build on a shaky foundation, don't expect things to hold. Now, I want to share with you some soul food I discovered. In, in recent days, uh, I was able to get to read through Psalms. I probably read through 50-plus Psalms and, and just were taking them in and, and, and looking back at some things. But I want to I share with you a powerful and, and, and precious word that I found in Psalm 19. 7 through 14. It just sums us up so well. It says, The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are, are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure lasting forever. By the way, you cannot say that you have reverence for God if you don't have reverence for His Word, reverence for His church, reverence for His will. It says, the laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are warning to your servant, and they are a great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Listen, when it comes to God's word, God wants you to know that it's him speaking. He wants you to hear it. He wants you to believe it. He wants you to obey it. He wants you to put it into practice. He wants you to keep growing in the knowledge and understanding of it. Listen, there should always be something week in and week out that you are learning or relearning. And scripture says this, faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. The word, listen, it changes our hearts. It leads to, to salvation of our soul. It leads us to life. 
And even if the Word of God doesn't say what you want it to say, it's always for your best and for God's greater glory. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, God, Lord, right now, we just give to you this day, and Lord, hopefully we give to you our lives. God, sometimes the next right step is just to step back to you and to open up your word. And Lord, to know that, that every time we read a scripture, God, it is God-breathed and it is useful. It is, it, is, it is meant to teach us something, to correct us, Lord, to train us, to, 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 to guide us, Lord, to encourage us, to assure us, Lord, so many things. God, I pray that we, we would all, Lord, be renewed in our desire to read and hear from you. God, I pray for that person that's just going through a, 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 such a valley, right, Lord, right now. It's just clouding their entire viewpoints. God, I pray, Lord, that, that they know uh, that you are with them and you're not going to leave them. Lord, even in that dark, dark, dark valley, Lord, where they feel like they're in such, Lord, they feel like they're in the total bottom of a well. God, as they reach their hand up, may they know and see that your hands are reached out and that you can pull them through and you can take them to where you have for them. Lord, I know so many are dealing with such griefs and, and so, uh, Lord, just, just many things that, 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 Lord, they just wish they could change, Lord. And I pray they know, Lord, that regardless of what has changed or what will change, you never will. God, Lord, we just give to you our hearts. We give to you our lives. We give to you our loved ones. We give you every situation on our hearts and minds today. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. This altar is open. I'm available here if you'd like to speak with me or have me pray with you. Or if you just would like to make your way to this altar. Would you stand with us right now?